Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hi, everyone. It's Wednesday, September 14. Matt Yacht here with Kim Hauer, and you are listening to the Victory Point Podcast. Um, hey, before we get into the passage today, Kim, uh, on Wednesdays, um, you know this because you are usually in the host seat, and you're asking your guests uh, about like how they're involved in the, in the life of, of Victory Point or just in kingdom community in their lives. Um, usually, you're the one asking people to share that. Uh, today, we get to hear from you. Um, how are... How are you or your family? Like, and uh, how, how long you been a part of Victory Point? How'd you get connected here? Um, what keeps you here? How are you connected and involved? Can you just give us a, a snapshot of that today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, it has to be around 18 years now that we've been here because Kylie is 18, um, and we came like either just before or just after she was born. She was baptized here, so mm-hmm. we were looking for a place where. Um, she could be baptized as an infant. Um, and then, obviously, we've stuck around. I was involved in nursery. That was probably a big thing that kept us here, um, being part of Kids Zone. Um, but I've always been involved, I guess. Um, now on the worship team and doing the podcast. Yes. Um, so those are things that I feel like I'm doing to serve this church mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is important because I think God created a church, a group of people to serve each other in whatever way we're gifted um, or called to do. So um, I think it's important to build up the body as a whole. So hopefully yes. um, my service is doing that for others. It is. Um, I know others' service does that for me. Um, and then we're involved in a missional community, um, the Great Lakes Missional Community, which is um, an outreach, but it's not necessarily a like person-to-person kind of outreach with people, so to speak, but um, it's providing backpacks of food for the weekend um, for families who may need it um, mm-hmm. for extra support. Um, so we pack bags with our missional community, and um, prime part of the leadership team on that right now, um, there's four of us, so... Um, I think the missional community thing has just been huge in keeping us here because we've created um, a lot of good relationships, a lot Mm. of mentor relationships. Um, Dan and I have had older parents, you know, just kind of come alongside us and help us um, in just small ways, just Mm -hmm. little comments here and there um, and how they raise their kids or how they do this or that. And um, so it's been huge in just helping us be good parents. Um, and I think it's been good for our kids to hear other adults slightly older and um, even some younger than Dan and I just kind of feed into their lives. Um, and so I, for our family, I think that's probably one of the biggest blessings is just being invited into one and then now being a part of it, but also part of the leadership aspect of it and mm-hmm. finding ways that we can invite others to join us. Um, it's not so much what we do, yeah. But it's the community. Yes. That keeps us, you know, close. Yeah. 
I think, uh, I think I came to Victory Point about the same time you guys did, 2004, 18 years ago. Um, so we're, we were really close. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, I, I could echo everything you just said. I mean, Tori and I um, jumped into one of the first missional communities, obviously as a staff person here, but uh, little did I know, like, the, the formative kind of value that would have in my kids. Like, mm -hmm. my, my kids were raised around other families and other adults of different ages and stages and um, form some some really cool bonds with people at Victory Point. Even though we're not all in the same missional community anymore, they're people who know my kids and see them on Sundays and um, they'll come up and talk to my kids or vice versa. I see that with your children. You even mentioned that like a few weeks ago on a Sunday morning, just how Kylie, your oldest, is off to college for the first time and one of the things in conversation you guys had, you know, that came up for her was um, she's looking for a multi-generational kind of community uh, because that's what she's been experiencing, you know, in the missional community. So I love it. Like, and for those listening and um, you're not in a missional community, I mean, we have some that are available, but we're also would love to start new ones. And if that's something that piques your interest, I'd encourage you to sign up for the uh, um engage primer that's coming up uh or talk to kevin or myself or anybody like we'd love to to coach people in in starting new things because we believe in in that sort of expressions so amen to that thanks for sharing that story today yeah um man and, and just your journey with victory point so uh and thanks for being part of the hosting of the podcast uh we appreciate that and look forward to that week each each month um today you know like just to remind ourselves um in in September, October, November, we're, we're just doing a big picture journey through the story of God. We're taking a journey of epic biblical proportions from the garden in Genesis to the garden in Revelation. And um, that's important because uh, sometimes we forget we're, we're part of a story. You know, it's not just a story that we benefit from. It's a story that we participate in. It's a story that God has, has created us to participate in. And so it's good to know the story. Um, be, because the, the gospel story is, applies to all of life. So um, today we find ourselves still at the beginning of the big story, still in the book of Gen Genesis, very foundational story today, Genesis chapter 22. And um, instead of reading the whole chapter, which is kind of long, uh, we're going to zoom in on the first 14 verses, and uh, Kim is going to read that for us today, Genesis 22, 1 through 14. Yeah. Um, the title is Abraham Tested. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, 
Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord Will Provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Man. I mean, it, it continues on, and, and he again reminds Abram, and because you have demonstrated this sort of obedience, like your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Like, uh, so God just renews and revisits that covenant promise. But this story never gets old to me. I could hear this story over and over, and it just, it's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. So, uh how about like I'll go first? Yeah. This today, um, you know, since you read the passage, you know, what what do we discover about God in this passage? Um, what I wrote down uh, as I was preparing this is, God will ask us to do hard things, and expects us to obey. I mean, we should not be surprised that God might test us sometimes, um, because there's it's biblical. God tests us. You know, he, he tests our faith. He tests our obedience. And it's for our good and it's for his glory. But um, we should not be surprised by it. And um, we, we should expect that God's going to ask us to do hard things in life. And a proper response is obedience. Yeah, I basically had the same thing. God will test us. Um, and God requires full and complete devotion and obedience. Mm. Uh, from verse 12. Um, but then we see in verses 17 to 18 that God blesses mm. that obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there would be a biblical example. I'm just yeah off the cuff here, but I don't think we could come up with a biblical example of where somebody was obedient to God and there wasn't blessing that followed. Mm-hmm. And not that we do obedience to get the blessing, but yeah, I think it's pretty clear that God intends to bless yeah. when we're obedient. Um, even if that may not look like what we think it's going to look like. Yeah. I mean, Abraham clearly expected his son to die. Yeah. But I think there's something about him that probably believed, based on the previous promise of God to continue that genealogy, mm-hmm. um, that maybe he would bring him back to life. He didn't. I don't think he really wavered in that mm-hmm. of, like, God's going to carry forth his plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may not look like how I think it's going to look. Like maybe he'll raise Isaac from the dead after I kill him. But mm-hmm. um, like he just had this assurance, I think, inside him that God was going to do what he said he would do. Um, he would be faithful. Um, but you're right. It would mm-hmm. not come without some testing Yeah. to see if that devotion is really there. Yeah. 
and you're causing my mind to go on a little bit of a tangent in a good way. Um, you're right. I, I think sometimes we naively expect God to bless us without us putting forth any obedience. That, that, you know, blessings are a result of obedience. It doesn't mean God sometimes in his grace and his mercy doesn't, he, he does bless us even when we don't deserve it. I mean, Jesus, the cross, you know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, there's a blessing um, even in, before our obedience. But, but um, b- obedience always results in blessing, is what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, God's desire is to bless us, but it doesn't come apart from, like, walking his w- in his way. Like, I think of the Ten Commandments, you know, I think it's right after that when it says, you know, if you keep these commands, it will go well for you. You know, th- th- there's a, he desires for us to flourish, um, and, and there's a pathway to that flourishing. You know, now that we're fallen creatures, that pathway is, I think Dwight and um, Ke- and Kevin were talking about it last week, like living within the, these boundaries. And, and, and that's actually true freedom, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so I, I'm coming back from my tangent right now. But, uh, yeah, I resonate exactly with, with what we discover about God in there. And, and then write that other piece, like you mentioned, like, and then he provides. I mean, Abraham was convinced God would provide, whether it be... Um, through a resurrection of Isaac or through somewhere, some other means. But um, God is a God who provides. It makes me think of the covenant we talked about, you know, yesterday. Like, God completes the covenant. He fulfills the covenant. He He provides what's needed for the, the completion and, and continuation of the covenant. And um, this is just another picture of that. Yeah, and I think, you know, it comes to my mind, too, is that even yesterday, like with Abram, he still had to come with all of those mm-hmm. offerings. Mm-hmm. Like he wasn't free from doing something. Uh, yeah. He didn't yeah. get to just sit back and watch God fulfill all of that. Yeah. You know, he still had to do something. He still yeah. had to, yeah. you know, like God said, yeah, I'll show you, but this is what I want you to do. Get yeah. this, this, and this. Yeah. And then I'll show you, you know, how this yeah. is going to go down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there is definitely a, a human component that we have to be obedient mm-hmm. um, and, and so we're getting into that human part right now like what yeah. are we learning about us um and I, I i agree with you on that like i wrote down like expect to be tested um we have to decide you know we always have a decision to make do we trust god um even when we don't understand how this could ever work you know do we trust him and we need to participate and that made me think of you know uh isaac because um, many scholars believe, you know, we always picture Isaac as this little boy, but scholars, many of them believe he was probably more in his late teens, 20s, you know, um, maybe not someone that an old man like Abraham could, you know, tie up and, and throw on an altar. Like, there had to be some participation on Isaac's part, like demonstrating his own trust, his own trust in his father, his own trust in God, Um that, that we have a participation, you know, in, in God's plan. And when he asks us to do hard things, um, we have a choice to make. Uh, and it comes down to a choice of do I trust him? Um, and uh, I think the story of Abraham is an example, like, um, it might be hard, uh, but we really don't have a choice. If, if we say we love God, we need to put our money where our mouth is. And that if we say that we trust him, then we need to act like we trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you bring up um, Isaac in that too, right? Because mm-hmm. even if he, even if you thought he was five, six, eight, nine mm-hmm. years old, 
regardless of what age he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've had children. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine even my five-year-old yeah. knowing, right? I mean, at five, they've yeah. experienced all of life in community and how things go and mm-hmm. sacrifices. Yeah. And so even at five, you would have known yeah. what the heck was going on. Yeah. And to let your dad tie you up. Yes. Whether he would have been physically able to stop him or not. I mean, yeah. five-year-olds can be pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. regardless of what age Isaac was, I think, unless he was young, young, like mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that was an option in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, yeah, like his obedience to his father. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, you mentioned the generational aspect of how we live has implications for mm-hmm. those behind us. Mm-hmm. Um Clearly, Abraham had demonstrated his trust and faithfulness to God. So it would only make sense that Isaac also would see that mm-hmm. and realize that that's the role he then plays, you know, mm-hmm. as being obedient to his earthly father, but then also his heavenly father. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Um, it's good. Yeah. Very good. So much more we could talk about in, in this story, but. Um, yeah, I mean, for Abraham, you know, he thought like Isaac was the means to the fulfillment of the promise, and God is demonstrating, no, I'm the means. You know, trust in me, and you can't help but see Jesus in here, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like take your son, your only son, your one and only son. You know, um, God wanted to see if Abraham was willing to put Isaac on the altar, and then God is the one though who, in the end, puts his own son on the altar. I mean, this just points to Jesus in, in such clear ways. Um, Abraham didn't understand that at the time, but we can and look back and, and see that. Um, it's, such, it's such an amazing story. Uh, just what, what's one thing that you're going to take into today as a result of this, Kim, as we wrap up? Yeah, I think for me it was just kind of thinking and dwelling on um, the questions to myself and to my own spirit, right? Like, am I willing Mm-hmm. and open to the testing that God has for me, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. Um, it's good. Yeah, do I trust him yeah. with my everything? You know, and I think sometimes, like, I don't I don't know. You know, I just question, like, okay, if God asked me to give up mm-hmm. one of my children in that way, I, ooh, like, that's mm-hmm. a tough one. Yeah. I don't know, you know, am I, would I be obedient in that? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. What am I, what, what is God asking me to put on the altar and to trust him with it? You know, to, to trust him more than I'm trusting that. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I would send us out with just, I noticed this twice, you know, God calls out to Abraham, Abraham, and he says, here I am. And then the angel calls out, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Like, when you hear God calling your name today, say, here I am, and, and, and see what he has for you today. So, yeah. All right. Well, we went a little longer today, but it's such an amazing story. It's hard not to riff on that a little bit. But uh, thanks for listening today, and we look forward to uh, spending some more time with you guys tomorrow. See ya. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.